Hey, uh, what's your favorite board game? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, I maybe go ahead, John. Maybe uh, risk. That's a fuck off, Johnny. I love risk and monopoly. Yeah, we take a risk uh, every week with you. Yeah, uh, that, God, that sounds awful. It's um, the game of world conquest, Chase. I, it's a game of sitting there forever doing jack shit. I've played no. exactly one game of risk in my life, and it was excruciating. And I never want to go through that again. Well, I'm sorry that you played it incorrectly because it's a lot of fun. It's a good time. I like risk. I played risk in space, a future risk. Oh, they had you need to have at least three people is Mm -hmm. I would say one of of my roommates had that other person. Yeah, like like Kramer and Newman brain. Brain's a good game. That's a good Um, game. Not a board game, but a good one. I like Boggle. Boggle's a good time. Nobody likes playing Boggle with me, though. Why are you? uh, you Did you beat Peggy Hill? Well, I yes because you're competitive and you probably are a pain in the ass to play against yeah uh-huh. yeah yeah so it's a miracle that you are nice to us knowing how you are because well, um, we haven't played boggle yet and keep it that way all right listen to anime and fucking robots war- at war with you can't handle anything else uh i i think that the game i've probably played the most is monopoly yep. and I don't think it's the best, but I have a lot of good memories playing Monopoly with people. And, and we've got a few different versions of it. Most recently, uh, Sarah and I picked up uh, a Jaws board game that is really fucking cool. It's a two part. So basically you start and you flip the board over um, and one person plays as the shark and the other people play as a group of scientists trying to take out the shark. And it's a ton of fun. It's a really good time. Uh, I, we, we buy more board games than we play. Like, I, I think board games are fucking awesome. I love the packaging of them. I get very into what they're trying to do. And then I realized, Bobby, you're an old fucking man and nobody wants to hang out and play a goddamn board game with you. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of my, I mean, we, we, started started at least, we started at least playing magic, uh, which not a board game, but it is a game that you have to, well, I guess you could play arena, but it's a yeah. game we mostly have to physically be in the same room with to, to play each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I like board and card games, but so often it just feels like we're, we do video game stuff We're we're like or, the video game guys. So we're going to play video games. If right. we do something or you say, Hey, let's play this fucking board game. And then you have too much of a good thing. And you have to, re- you're like, fuck, how am I going to read all these instructions? I don't know how to play this. And then the, the game is just reading yeah. the instruction booklet over and over again. That's the game. There is. Yeah, there is a there's a certain aspect of that. There's I'm sure there are a, a ton of incredible, mostly German board games that are dense as fuck and fun and fun if you actually learn them and play them. But I'm just not that guy. I, I also get that my answer of I, I like Boggle. Like, yeah, of course you do. You fucking fucking basic bitch um hey, what's, wrong, what's wrong with boggle there's nothing wrong with boggle but no. it is yahtzee's a good time i like yahtzee sure sure I, i've played some taboo uh yep. i like a dictionary like a, like a catchphrase uh sure. i have i have someone gifted me settlers of Catan a few years ago it's very good so, like that's it's, that's the one that feels like 
sealed in plastic. I have not. <laughs> that, cool. That's the one that feels like it's it's like baby's first board game to get you into the crazy board games. Like Catan itself is not that difficult, but it's it's a step. It's a step up from like a Monopoly or Snow Cones of Dunshire. I well, sure. <laughs> I feel like what we've accomplished with our show. I, I've always won, and I think this is kind of what I was, I was just reflecting on the subject we're going to talk about. And I'm going to hand it over to you in just a second, Chase. But I was reflecting on just the subject around mm-hmm. games and changes and stuff. And I always wanted to have like a poker night or a D&D night or something. I always wanted to have that thing. I'll I take did. your money. Not in poker, <laughs> you won't. Um, but I do feel like I've patched that hole with this show. And I have yeah. the thing I do, and I this is my thing. This is my poker night. At the same time, I kind of wish I had a poker night. Oh, apparently Johnny does, so fucking ask him. He'll take you once a month. Mm. Uh, all right, this is the official... Oh, oh, hang on, hang on. Before you do that, a follow-up question to that. What yes. is your favorite board game video game? Board game adaptation into a video game. Um, oh, the best man. one I've played I have not played a lot of it I'd like to play more of this mm-hmm. uh, Wingspan I think Wingspan is sure. a really fucking I mean, good good one of those I, I think that's a fine answer but I believe that was a video game well this is this is my got, answer I know I know but I, I think it was a video game that then got adapted to the other way game, around right other was way it around. Mm-hmm. okay I, Other I way thought around. they were like, they built it in a way that it was, a, hey, it's a video game, but we could I'll, make I'll double check. I'm pretty sure they actually did make it into a board game. Because my brother studies birds and I got him that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Wingspan is probably what I would pick. Uh, does Triple Triad from Final Fantasy VIII count? No. Talking about actual actual board games that have got adaptations into video games. Um, I don't know. Okay. I haven't played that many of them. Uh, I mean, for me, it is it is the Sega Genesis specifically version of Monopoly. I I like its sound effects. I like uh, like you see they they kind of do like a profile view of the board to show your piece on it, and, mm-hmm. and you can see like background stuff. So if Ooh. you if there's a hotel in that space, you you see a big hotel in the background. I don't know. I I really like Sega Genesis Monopoly. I think the, it was a board game first. Was it okay? Yep. I'll give I'll give you that. Uh, I haven't played this one yet. Other way around. I don't know if you're asking which way, but uh, it looks very fucking cool. And I'm very curious. But there's a Deep Rock Galactic board game that looks awesome. There's also a Horizon Forbidden West one or Horizon Zero Dawn that looks really cool. Nice. Uh, all right. Hey, I'm Bobby. I'm going to hand this over to Chase. He is right. going to run it tonight. Chase. That is Chase. And Johnny is here. We're the casual hour. Chase, the stage has been set. Yes, yeah. it's uh, it's night two of the double dive. Uh, the B side. Our, our back back to back deep dives. Last week we talked about what would what's up with Xbox or what was up with Xbox because we we just had that big Phil Spencer interview on kind of funny, and we decided to to take a look at that. But as we were taking a look at that, and this is something I was already thinking about before because. Um, Waypoint was in the news recently of of uh, a site that was being shuttered. Vox's or Vice, and not Vox, Vice's uh, having some some problems, uh, and those problems ended up meaning Waypoint had to go away, uh, or is going to go away here in early June. They got one last month to to kind of be like a zombie website. 
Um, and then watching the kind of funny thing and thinking, OK, this this is like one of the more popular sites or or uh, networks of content of video game journalism out there, um, which if you heard last week, I was not very pleased with. <laughs> um, uh, not it's not hard hitting. Wow, that's journalism. Shocking. I know, I know not not my thing, but apparently it's a lot of people's thing. So that led me to just wonder what is this kind of state of video game journalism right now in 2023? What do we use uh, the sites that we use for? What what are we looking to get out? Do we care about reviews anymore? We've we've gone through a number of eras where it felt like the review score was the only thing that mattered. And then we've gone through an era where it felt like people were trying to get away from it. And now we're in some kind of weird medium where Phil keeps talking about how how much he thought he was going to get 80s and he got 60s instead. And I, I just felt weird about that because I thought we moved past it. Um, there's a lot of a lot of discussion points here. So I, I have a list of prompts that I would like us to talk about. But first, I thought I'd kind of set the stage and tell you uh, a little bit of history. Now, Bobby, would you like to get into that or would you like to say pump the brakes and let's fuck, fucking talk about some Zelda? <laughs> Yeah, let's do what we normally do and talk about the games okay. and then get to the deep dive. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Zelda. <laughs> uh, that's what we're here to do, right? It's pretty Ooh. good. Zelda's, it's... Zelda's pretty good. All right, moving on. <laughs> uh, my friend is telling you to stop what you're doing right now. He's saying, stop it. Mm, stop. Yeah. Uh, we've got Tears of the Kingdom him out and, here. Him and 37 of his little amiibo mm. friends that you have. <laughs> oh, these little chicklets? Hmm. Yes. Uh, Tears Little of the Kingdom's here. We've got a quick look that all of us are on, which is great. And I think to kick this discussion off, I'm going to quote Johnny, who sent me a message today. And uh, I will exactly tell you what he said. He said, when is... When was the last time a game has had its hooks this deep in all three of the casual crew? And I listed a few video games here, which we're not going to talk about. But I said, I think we all like these games quite a bit, but nothing has quite felt like Tears of the Kingdom to me. And I think this might be... A, I mean, you we guys just fucking played Fire Emblem Engaged a little bit more. Maybe we could have gotten there. Advance Wars. It was right there. We all bought it. <laughs> yeah, we've all. I mean, but like, honestly, most of the games that we've all enjoyed, I think I had how many on here from Nintendo? One, two, three, four. Four games listed that were Nintendo exclusives. I, I Turns think out Nintendo knows how to make a video game. All they products. do. Um, I think what what I was more going for, because like I, I like Fire Emblem Engage. I like Advance Wars. Those are both Fantastic I like one of those games. Um, what I mean is like when I turn my switch on, there is a more than good chance that one or both of you are also playing Zelda. And sure. it feels like I don't know the last time and, and like successive days in a row. Like, you know, it's only it hasn't been out for a full week yet, but yeah. Like, I mean, especially in this first week, it is it, it feels like an anomaly to see people on my switch list playing anything mm -hmm. else. Like I yeah. saw a friend yeah. was playing Animal Crossing and I went, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, what, are you like, what are you doing? <laughs> I make better choices. I'm very I saw surprised one person playing Breath of the Wild. And I was like, oh, that's so cute. That's 
Like that's that's kind of that's kind of sweet, actually. I'll ask this question. I asked Johnny this last night when we were hanging out. Do you think that you could enjoy Breath of the Wild still after playing Tears of the Kingdom? I I mean I guess so because they're uh, having that complete different set of powers. Um, I I think does change the way you view the game and view the world. And while I think Tears of the Kingdom is certainly an upgrade, I don't think it's necessarily a replacement. I think it's a companion. Yeah, I I could see I could see the the reasoning of somebody going back and and playing more Breath of the Wild, too. Um, I don't know if that's going to be me, uh, but I could see somebody doing it. I. I just feel like so I had a difficult time the further I got away from Breath of the Wild I was really just like holy shit this is something very new and fresh and I thought from a a video game mechanic standpoint it was very fascinating to me I felt it was a better video game than it was a Zelda game I've I've shared that on here before Mm -hmm. and I'm fucking kid from the 80s that grew up playing Zelda fell in love with it it's the reason I love video games the way that I do and I wanted some of that DNA there, which I some of the things I wanted weren't. And I was hoping for more of the story beats. I was hoping for more of some of the gear, the exploration of dungeons and shit. Everything is here for me in Tears of the Kingdom to where I feel like I have somehow struck gold in having these two amazing things built together. And it's not too far onto like the old school Zelda stuff. Like I, I'm... Mm-hmm. I'm making Link look a certain way that I feel represents the Link that I grew up with. But at the same time, I'm exploring it in a way that I just feel so fucking happy to have the best of those two things, in my opinion. I mean, they, they put temples back in it. They put yeah. there's there's actual dungeons to, to do, which I more of a I variety think- in boss battles, too. Yeah, which I, I think goes relatively far, even though I. I'll say personally, I think uh, the two temples that I have gone through so far have been the weakest part of the game. The boss fights at the end have been fantastic. The uh, trek to getting to both of those has been awesome. But going through the actual temple stuff itself, I thought, eh, this is, this is all right, I guess. But it's it's not as fun as just exploring the world. And it's not sure. as fun as <laughs> the, the wind temple, which is the first one they kind of push you to go to uh, from a from a story perspective. Um, so that's the one I ended up doing first. That is that is just one of the coolest times getting there. Of, yeah, of really all is. the stuff you have to do. I mean, it's called the Wind Temple. It's going to deal with air. It's going to deal with sky stuff. So it's it's almost like a celesty kind of level of exploring the the sky ruins to to go from place to place to place to get to this temple. And it it's just really cool. There's some things that are happening here also that. Again, when you went to a temple, you knew that you were going to get to do puzzles. You knew you're going to have a boss fight. You knew you're going to get a heart and you knew you're going to get a, a new piece of equipment. Those things always happened. And mm-hmm. and these because the world is kind of your environment and you have all the different weapons and shields that you're moving through in the armor. Those don't feel as unique. I mean, they're still fun to open a chest and they've done some really cool stuff to make that more special in Tears of the Kingdom. But when you go into these temples, uh, much like Breath of the Wild, there's abilities that kind of tie into it now i think that when i played breath of the wild and you did the the two or the four beast and you got 
you know, Deruth's Protection, you got the Rivali's Gale. Like, those things were cool, but what's up? Rivali's Gale was always my favorite. Oh, yeah, it's awesome. I never even visited the Ruto Village in in Breath of the Wild. Never got (laughs) it. What what they've done here is they've captured, in my opinion, the essence of what those, like, what the boomerang would have done in a way with the hook shot. Like, I see, like, little Tulin's ability getting you across that gap that you just couldn't make with in the hook shot would help you out with it. You know, those are things that I feel the essence of some of these abilities are there. Um, and there's some really cool stuff with that. That is more meaningful. I also feel that I appreciate Hyrule. Cause like Johnny, you would talk on our show and offline about like this romance you had with Hyrule from breath of the wild. And yeah. you talked at length about, just getting lost in it. And I never, I was always a bit jealous because I never fell in love with Hyrule the way that you did. And I think that I chase, when we did the quick look, you talked about tedium and and how they've made it fun, but it was still there. And when I felt like Hyrule was really worth exploring, it's like, well, fuck, I only have one stamina ring. I got to climb up this mountain. It's raining. It's going to be a pain in the ass. I'm just not going to fucking do it. I'll just go, I'll do it later and I'll move on. Now they've given me these, cheat codes with abilities to basically say like oh you can just get up there or yeah hey, there's a cave there's- down here uh find this spot ascend through this spot and you'll get where you need to go it, it is like this limited debug menu of yeah. of options for you it's like all these developer tools that just show up in fact some of them were developer tools um from from what we were told uh but this idea that you can just have and you have to find them in the world but there are these capsules of all these little tools that you know alone don't seem like anything oh here's a wheel here's a cart right. here's uh, a thing that that shoots fire um but like not not like fire like you're not doing like a big fireball it just sprays it's like a flamethrower yeah. yeah um but when you can combine enough pieces together like a, a very simple one is there's a balloon there's a flame emitter and there's a, a cart Okay, so I put my cart down, I put my balloon on top of it, and then I put the the fire emitter in the basket and shoot it straight up at the balloon. So now you basically just have a hot air balloon. It goes up for a while. It does have a battery to it. um, And then there are even extra batteries that you can throw on uh, as another tool. And so now you just have a way of getting up up yeah. wherever you need to go and then you can jump off it whenever you need to and use your your paraglider and and what else what else you need to be able to to fly around to something high i did that today because uh there's a there was a shrine that had a bunch of ice around it so you couldn't climb up it and like well i just need a way to get just enough height on here so i can jump off and and fly over to it and you know it it took me maybe five minutes to, to put it all together and, and get up there. But once you do, you're like, damn, I'm a genius. I'm okay. Great. I, that's awesome. I, I think the way <laughs> I feel make a really, really long bridge. <laughs> well, that's the sure. point is that I, this is going to be weird to say, but I felt like breath of the wild required you to be an engineer. And in some ways you do that even more in tears of the kingdom. But I feel like I have been given the ability to brute force most situations in a way that feels cool to me. Like if I wanted to build a mechanism, that had fucking suspension and all the things to do the job I could, and I could get a lot of validation, but if I wanted to just strap a fucking rocket to my shield and take off like Iron Man into the sky to get up 20 feet, 
it's certainly faster oh, and gets more, the... more than 20. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, those rockets will take you a little higher than 20 feet. So we'll call them Creed. Uh, I think that it's really cool that it gives me the and like it's almost like Nintendo sitting there watching you and you're like looking back at them as a kid would like can can I and they're like we don't give a shit what you do. Like yeah, literally eat, eat the fucking cookies, kid. Stay up past your bedtime. Yeah. Have fun. There's also I, I think there's also to to keep that metaphor going. It's a it's a little bit of like looking back. It's like, am I am I allowed to do this? Can can I do this? And like, yeah, yeah man, give it a shot. Try, Try it. it. See what happens. <laughs> do it. Um, save, save your game. Save scum. But uh, oh, yeah, yeah go I, for it. <laughs> I have I, I've saved so many clips of failed experiments. And it's, on my it's Switch, so just, good. Just like, oh, right. There was only a rocket on this side. So, of course, when the rocket went off, it all went in that direction. And just the the interplay of the physics and like all of these different mechanisms working together. I've seen someone built a multi-stage rocket. Yes. Um, It's just, you know, it's insane. Like the if, the creativity and the ingenuity like on display of people just just fucking around and figuring out what's going to work, what's not going to work. Yeah. Uh the the poor little lost Koroks getting God, dude. yeeted to the moon. Um I did learn uh if if you do cuz I built a rocket cart for one earlier today. And it didn't go where it needed to go. And mm-hmm. then I, I died. Uh, when I re when I, or no, I didn't die. I, when I, I came, I went to bed, I came back and it was back in the spot where it originally was. So if you send it into a chasm or something like that, I think if the game like resets, yeah, it's, it's got something like that. I I think I've had moments. I could be wrong on this, but like I've gone into a shrine after building some contraption to get to that shrine. And then mm-hmm. when I come back out, that thing is gone, mm-hmm. um, which is sad because I I have not found the way. I know you both have it, but I have not found the way to just get the blueprints of whatever thing you built. Yeah. Um, you can, so it, it I keeps yeah. track of every step, I think, up to 30, mm-hmm. I think. And then also you can favorite certain ones and you can find blueprints it's um yeah it's incredibly fascinating to see and i i don't want to get into too much of the story beats but i i've always loved the lore of zelda so much and uh i i think that having the ability to bring what i feel has been some of the most fascinating story beats in a while like I, I really appreciated what they were going th- for thematically with Breath of the Wild. I think a very like unconfident Zelda was really cool. I liked all those things, the dynamic between them, even further in uh, Hyrule Warriors, where they wanted some of the story stuff with that was really cool. But I, I've always felt in any sort of medium that you need to have a villain who is equally as compelling as the story or who the character would be. And I've always thought Ganon was really neat. And Matt Mercer so far, he's fucking doing a great job in this. It's really cool. I've got three temples down. It sounds like you both have two. One. I just have one. And just three dough. This is, I guess like a very personal compliment I could give the game. And I've shared it with both of you and you, I mean, we do the show together every week, but 
I typically move through games at a, at a pace between making videos here or talking about stuff on the show. I try to be maintaining something, but then like adding a few things into it. This is the first time in a long time where I felt no pressure or desire really to do anything but what I'm doing right now with a video game. And I think this is just a fucking experience. Like I feel little distraction. I feel very focused. And those are things that like I haven't had really since we've been doing the podcast on like, I always feel we talk about this all the fucking time, but we have to be doing new shit, doing new shit, doing new shit. And I finally just felt like so relaxed and excited to just let something wash over me. And I remember like we've been talking like sometimes together, sometimes Chase will say something to me about it or Johnny will independently. And I'm thinking to myself, fuck, I should, I should get down to the depths or I should do what Johnny's doing. I want to keep up. And then it's just like, there's no right or wrong way to do this. Like mm-hmm. just the way you want to play. I like, I'm re like not retreading. I'm, I'm basically going through the same motions I did when I played breath of the wild, where I'm far less concerned with uh, like what's going on. Like I'm still doing quests and stuff as they, as they come to me, if it's like, you know, quick, but like for the most part, I'm just running around finding the cool shit. And that has been yeah. extremely rewarding or like just building things to try and get to like, okay, well, how the, how the hell am I supposed to get to this sky Island? Maybe if I, you know, put 10 batteries on this thing, yeah. I can, I can finally get high enough to get to, to where this place is. And, you know, am I even supposed to be here right now? Like what happens if I show up there and, yeah, I've definitely gotten to a couple of places where it's like, oh, I, I guess I could do this, but probably shouldn't right now. Probably a bad I'll, idea. I'll come back another time. I, yeah. I don't need to go to this giant maze box. Um, that's that's a future chases problem. I don't need to deal with that. <laughs> What's the scariest thing that you've encountered, Chase? Uh, have you guys had to fight uh, Phantom Ganon yet? Yes. Yes. A few times. Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the first one I found was in a cave where I was just like doing yep. normal, normal, regular shit. And like, oh, yeah, this is fine. I'm just trying to find one of those frogs that that gives you the the gem. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'm trying to trying to get to a, a quick thing here. And then, uh, oh, what are like these red hands that are all just kind of hanging out? I'm like, oh, that's weird. Uh, and then they then absolutely the fuck you up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, OK, uh, well, fuck you. I'll, I'll fight you. I've got I've got 30 bomb flowers here. I'll just shoot a bunch of bombs at you. Um, so you kill them all and you're like, all right, yeah, get fucked. Uh, um, and then and then they go, no, 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 no. You you are the one who is fucked because yes. uh, fucking Phantom Ganon comes out and he hits really hard. I just yes. now have enough hearts where I can take one full hit from him uh, he's, a, he's a real motherfucker he's a he's a bastard uh, I, I, did, I did kill him once uh and and got a really cool sword out of it that i have now nice. combined with like a the flux construct uh oh, thing yeah. so it's oh, it's yeah. like a 61 power weapon i'm like That's all right I, oh, I don't yeah. think i'll ever use this weapon but it's always going to be in my inventory if i really need to do the big damage i uh i went out of a sky tower at night which is the name of a book never go off mm-hmm. a sky tower at night. Sure. Um, and I'll tell you why, because you're having a very peaceful saunder about down to the the surface. 
and all of a sudden the screen flashes <laughs> Frost Gleok. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Well, fuck. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> fuck I me. Yeah. I like look down and it's literally coming up at me as I'm floating. I'm like, you're fucking it. You're done. You're done. Yeah. And I had like at the time, maybe four hearts. Like, oh. at all. like I was oh, very you were, Yeah, uh, you were grossly underprepared. For I that. was. Yes, that was that was oh. a moment where I was like, I there's nowhere I can go. The Ralph Wiggum. Yes, I'm in danger. Mm -hmm. That's what happened. It was very good. Also, Cleox are cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's a question for you, or maybe not a question, maybe just a comment. Um, Sorry, it is a question. Uh, How many times has the game crashed on you? Zero. None. How many times have you seen a glitch? Zero. It's fuck. It's insane. It's, a, it's incredible. It's, yeah, on it's the incredible. Nintendo Switch. I I don't even feel like I've seen frame drops. I'm sure there probably have been, but it's, it's chugged a couple times in spots. But like for the nowhere most part, like Breath of the Wild did. Yeah. Um. Like, like this the, is this is some fucking Nintendo seal of quality shit. Um, it is, man. I, for all the stuff we talked about last week with with Xbox and the Halo Infinite stuff and the Redfall stuff. Um. Well, even it's, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet stuff. Sure, absolutely. Ooh, Nintendo yeah. and and specifically Game Freak and the Pokemon Company have not been immune to this, but uh, it, it it's kind of incredible. I haven't seen anybody talk about a crash. No, it's and, like, cons- considering everything that's going on. This dude. game is so interconnected. Yeah, I, I think I mean, interconnectivity was the thing about Breath of the Wild where Look at how all these things interact with each other. And Tears of the Kingdom says, hold, hold my beer. We're going to do it even bigger. Um, And it's it's just it's this incredible like mechanisms all working together. And nothing is gummed up the machines. Keeping track of the movement of like what access everything is traveling on. Like the fact that you could you're going through like at a at a quick yeah, from you're passing like, through geometry in the like, game. Yeah, you're and, literally going out of bounds. Yes. But you're not you're not act, like you're not going out of bounds to the point where it's fucking up the game. It's just another right. mechanic that's in there. And there hasn't really been an issue They've with also, it so far. The physics. That's the other thing. Like you can watch some of these constructs the way that they like rely. There's a whole fucking little side quest of propping up a sign. Like the physics that they've brought into this game on top of all that. I remember when we were doing the quick look, we went up to the sky islands. And you're like, get the fuck off this island and jump. So I went, I went and I'm just thinking to myself, like, cause in that moment we went from a sky island, we went down and we went straight into the chasm from a sky island. Mm-hmm. Yep. That whole fucking and, thing is incredible. And you know, those, those, I don't know anything about game design, but there, there does seem to be, I mean, they have their three distinct layers when you get into the into the map, but it does feel like there is some loading in there of, hey, here's like a a chunk. Here's like a a stratosphere between Sky Island shit and the ground where nothing's really going to happen. And we're going to load in geometry on the on the actual ground level as you come in. And then you have a similar thing with the with the depths uh but yeah, it, it all just feels seamless. There's no 
real load times like you're not going to a black screen and it says loading anywhere it's, it's there's hardly any breaks at all like the only real yeah. breaks that i've had is when you get to a temple and it's like yeah or, or a shrine for sure but like you get to a place and it goes okay now you're going into this very small instance piece and then you'll come back out to the big open world that's just your playground again one one thing that stood to me i i, I I can probably stop talking after this if you all want me to, or else I'll keep going. But um, I've always associated just incredible music with Zelda. Basically, since the first time I stepped foot on Hyrule Field and, and Ocarina, I mean, even before that, like the themes were very awesome. But what I'm getting at is it's iconic. Like it is it's iconic with iconic music. Yeah, it was very much diluted in a way in Breath of the Wild to me. There was some mm-hmm. very pretty piano and like soft. It was very sparse. It was, yes. a, it was extremely effective in the moments that it, like those little piano keystrokes would yeah. come up. But I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. Go ahead, finish your your thought. Sorry, you're fine, man. I just I feel like there's the personality and the remembrance that you would get from a Zelda song. Like if you went to a town, I know that music. I know the town. I can hear it in my head right now when I go to certain places. Similar to like, yeah, yeah, and like even Link humming those notes from Ocarina when he's cooking now, I think are really great. But that's been awesome for me. Like even like that, I think the music. I like the music more in this one. Um, But I will just say, Breath of the Wild's piano. I cannot help but think about Venkman trying to scare the ghost at the apartment. They hate this when he plays it (laughs) every time that like little the keynotes that you're talking Mm -hmm. about comes on. I'm like, oh, that's just Ghostbusters. They hate this. Anyway. Keeps the pose away. Um, I I think I like these shrines a hundred billion times more than the shrines in Breath of the Wild. And And I I thought there were some really good ones in Breath of the Wild. Sure. I, Um, I had some fun times, but but it felt like there were a lot more combat challenges in breath of the wild where it's, yes. Hey, we don't really have anything for this one. Why don't you just go in and fight a dude? Um, and also break all your weapons and also, uh, you know, get very little out of it where it just feels like, ah, man, I, it was almost a waste to go in here. And a lot of the shrines in this one are puzzle, little, little puzzles. And with all the little tools that you have available, not even the ones you have available, you're actually not allowed to want, use the ones that you bring into the to the shrine. But they give you all the little pieces and say, here's here's a couple of things that you need to do, figure out how to do them. And almost never you uh, you you're almost never losing any of the stuff that you come in with in fact they're giving you even more stuff when you're there with here's a little side area if you want to go above and beyond to go find you know 10 arrows or a better bow there's very yeah there's extremely little combat in these like sometimes there'll be one of the one of the little green dudes in there that you got to fight um but more often than not he's dropping something that's better than something you had but but so often I go into these and I can just kind of tune out the rest of the game. I don't have to worry about what weapons I have equipped. I don't have to worry about the type of shield that I'm holding, whether it's metal and it might uh, conduct too much electricity. But I, I can just go in and I can play this really cool little puzzle. And it's giving me ideas of things that I can use in the main world. Um, you guys have probably seen this because you probably went east earlier than I did in the game, but I uh, ran into my first shrines that start using uh, electricity 
and you try oh, to like in a couple, yeah. move the current uh, yeah. from one thing to another. Um, one specifically I did where there's a big turbine. I guess I'm going to spoil this one, but I, I think it's a pretty early one if you're going east. Um, where they give you it's the first one with turbines. Uh, so you've got this like rechargeable battery that's that's down here and it's you kind of place this on one point and it starts to spin and then you can put a fan blade on top of that. And so now you've got a fan that's going up and they want you to fly up higher so you can get some flame flame emitters. And I went, oh, OK, I don't know why I need flame emitters, but sure, that that's cool that they're here. And um, I, I still wasn't figuring out, OK, I, I've I've gone everywhere that's available to go in this in this shrine. The door won't open. What do I need to do? And then it kind of clicked with me. Oh, the things like there are a bunch of pillars around that have that are ready for ready to be lit. And I went, oh, OK, I, I can do that. So I picked up one of these flame emitters and tried to tried to spray it. And OK, sure. that. Yeah. Hey, a couple of them are lit. I just need to get all these lit. Uh, and then it had a fucking sprinkler system. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, oh, fuck you uh, how the fuck am i supposed to do this now um and it did take me a minute and then i realized oh you put the flame emitters on the fucking fan blades and then it was just this pinwheel of fucking fire and i felt like a genius and a god at the same time <laughs> and at one point i just because you can stand up a little bit higher where they wanted you to jump off and and paraglide to, to the higher stuff so i'm just looking down on my big pinwheel of fire. I, I've solved the puzzle a long time ago. I can go through the door anytime I want, but I'm just I'm staring at this giant spiral of fire and thinking, yeah, I made that fucking, fucking so video fucking games, good, man. man. It's so good. <laughs> and so now I just need to find fan blades in the real world so I can make a, a pinwheel of fire and murder everybody. Yes, you can. I, I know uh, you can. I could put it on a boomerang like you did with the, the beam emitter and just throw this big flaming circular disc of death. That'd be great. Uh, spring shields are also a good time. Sure. Uh, well, one, la one last thing before we move on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, I'm the one who wants to talk more about Zelda, yeah, not, I'm not Bobby. We're going to be talking a lot about it. <laughs> yeah, I imagine we it will. Um but I think that so you you talked a little bit when you did the the beasts in in Breath of the Wild mm -hmm. and you did get you'd get a little power out of it. Mm -hmm. um, I forgot even what they were, what they do like um, the roof protection, put a shield around you that mm -hmm. would uh, pop eventually and kind of knock people Reeves, back. I think. Yeah. Mifa's grace. Mifa have a heal. It was heal. Uh, okay. I can't remember her name. The electric lady. Um she would do like an electrical storm. Yeah. And then I like that uh, one quite a bit. Uh, Rivali's Gale, which is a boost that would. That was like ascend. Yeah, basically. it was ascend without ascend. Sure. So you got you got these little powers that that were nice that that did open yeah. things more to you. It was it was less that they opened things up and more that they just made you a little tankier, uh, especially when one's a shield and one's healing on the mm -hmm. spot. It was just kind of nice. Didn't really change a whole lot, but it was just kind of nice. Now I, I feel like the the powers that they're giving you, and again, I only have two. Bobby has three, so I, I guess I've seen the third one that I'm about to get with the Zora. Um, yeah. But the the powers that they give you feel like a new ability. It's not. It's not like you're not getting a tool like a hookshot or the cane of Samaria or something, but you are getting a new tool in your toolbox that you yep. can use whenever you want, whether it's 
the gust. Um, it, there's, uh, I guess I'll spoil the Goron one as well. Like Johnny's already seen it if he's with the guy who gets him that. Um, but he's just like a big rolling bomb that you basically just use as a bowling ball anytime you want. Oh, I haven't uh, seen that yet. Oh, I'm sorry. That's well, cool. Yeah, it's great. It's bombs on demand. Um, it's fucking it's fucking awesome. Uh, it also leaves a fucking trail of fire. So, it, it's, OK, yeah, I'm going there next. <laughs> he's he's the best. He's he's just the best. Um, he was the best the, in Breath of the Wild, too. He was so fucking good. <laughs> and then uh, the the one that Bobby did in the quick look is is like a it, it is like a bubble shield, right? It's a bubble shield. But if you attack, uh, it all goes out in a like a shotgun widespread blast. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, nice. so it stays on you and it'll absorb, but you can then attack with it as well. So if you got yeah. any any fire enemies around you, it just immediately puts them out. Very nice. So so it feels like you get these things that that really do change the game. There was a, a place that Bobby and I were talking about earlier. Of like, man, you really have to bomb the hell out of this place. And for me, it was I didn't. I just had to wait like the the five seconds between um, Nobo getting his power back so I could use his his bomb skill again. Um, I do appreciate they gave him such a short cooldown. It, it's shorter. He's got a short fuse. It needs to be. It needs to be shorter. It needs to yes. even be shorter. I wonder if that. Well, you can. Do you guys have? Okay. Do you, do you want me to tell I, you? I guess I don't care. You can upgrade your. Uh, you can upgrade your people. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Is that fairy? The, uh. No, fairy's just for armor. I think I haven't even how seen many, a fairy. How many? Uh, you know the the thing you get when you kill a flux construct. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you get four of those, when you pray at a statue, you can upgrade one of your abilities. Hmm. That's cool. The like the actual cores. No, no. The oh. okay. I guess it's in the treasure chest on them usually. Is I forget what the item is called, but it's it's like, you know, it's the those equivalents of like the shrine balls. Hmm. Okay. I've I've <laughs> fought a bunch of them, and I don't feel like I've gotten any of those. But interesting. That's cool. Um. So I, I think they they really changed the the way that you play the game, or at least make things easier for you. It's it's less just hey you're you're healthier now or you're tankier now yeah. and it's more here's a here's another yet another tool in your toolbox to to be able to play around and explore the world better um and then also they just roll around with you and you've got a fucking army yeah you're yeah, rolling deep anywhere you go and it's fucking awesome to get to get the uh the rudo guy and he's just hanging out and sniping people getting critical hits and then Yobo's like, uh, I have, well, I, I just have a giant sword and I'm going to fucking clock anybody who comes around. I used to be really scared of the the blue Bacoblins uh, that have armor on. No and way. Now I go, now I go oh, OK, well, Yonobo will handle him. Uh, he'll break the armor and, and he ta- attacks very slowly, but he's going to hit him eventually and knock off all the armor. And then I can get in and just jab, jab, jab. One of the things that I feel people should do is play the game how they want to play it. But sure. if you are going to take any advice, they do it right away. And there's a reason for it. They basically put four dots on the map. It's it's four temples. It's where you get these people we're talking about. And I assure you, it will it will make exploring those things that you want to explore a much better time. 
especially the Rudo Village. Like, there's yes. a reason they push you to do that early. Yes, it's because that that gust to to use with your paraglider is such an incredible combo that yep. really does extend your range so much. Um, and in I fact, think... it's got me wanting to upgrade stamina even more than the yep. health. Uh, compared to Breath of the Wild, where also stamina felt really important because you had to climb and do all this shit. But in this game, it's almost even more important because now I can get up so high that if I just had more stamina to use the paraglider on, I could go way, way further. Yep, agreed. So it's, uh, it's a good time. Uh, for a game, I didn't even know if I was actually going to buy and play. Um, certainly not when it first came out. Uh, to have already put, I think, Pretty much just about as much time as as you guys have. You're on it every time Uh, I'm on it for the most part. (laughs) Well, yeah, it happens when you don't really turn it off. Uh, (laughs) um, Yeah, it's it's a a cool game. I I don't I this is still too early to say, but I don't know if this is going to be my game of the year, but I feel like it's going to be hard for it to be lower than a two like it's, <laughs> it's like it's second or first at this point i i'll tell you this much i did not have that on my fucking bingo card this year what that zelda would be good or that i would like zelda that you would like yeah, we zelda. knew zelda would be good oh, okay. yeah, yeah we knew <laughs> i i did not have and, and that's that was going to be my closing sentiment for me is just i i sent it to you all in a message but i i remember distinctively before class started, we all were in the cafeteria when Ocarina was out talking to people about it. And I would go to my buddy's house and he would come to my house and we would just watch each other play this game. And to be able, like when, we, when it first came out, Johnny, and I was streaming on Discord to Chase, who was hanging out with us watching it. And now to have these conversations, to have us all in the quick look, it's still cool and very much an important thing to me to be able to share the this type of thing with my friends and there's we there's been a handful of games like i will now conclude my thought from earlier but i put down uh hades or i didn't put down hades i'm sorry i was thinking about hades but i put down uh animal crossing mario odyssey i put down fights in tight spaces i put down uh what else did i put here final fantasy 7 remake we've had a few of these together like where we've gotten to go in and have a blast with it and it's just nice to have to the breach oh wait no bobby bobby didn't care about i was later to it but i came around <laughs> i came around eventually, eventually, yeah the of your ways but anyway it's just nice <laughs> to have that <laughs> yes i, I agree it, it's been cool talking with you guys about it in fact like i know you said you're not playing with time pressure and and i'm trying not to either but the only pressure that i felt so far is I want to I want to find something different than you guys have found. Like, that's one of the reasons yeah. I went to the Goron so early, because in the quick look, you had Rudo and Zora already. And I was like, well, I, I don't want to go to Zora then because I, I, I don't want to just see something that Bobby's seen. I want to sure. go out and explore a little something on my own so I can I can say, hey, dude, when you get to the fire temple, there's a thing. Yeah. Um, and I got to do that a little bit. And then even Bobby's like, I think I'm going to knock out the fire temple before the podcast tonight. And I went, all right. I got I did a lot of stuff before that uh, just getting there and then of course like 40 minutes later he's like oh yeah by the way it's done god damn it you piece of shit (laughs) Uh, well even though you're not on time pressure you're still hoovering up that game at at a clip and it's uh it's impressive all right very nice you guys ready to uh to move on to our deep dive 
Yeah. So to kind of uh, bookend again, this is kind of uh, spurred off of the the waypoint ending, which is uh, kind of a weird bookend that that site started when Breath of the Wild came out, and now it ends when Tears of the Kingdom comes out, and it's a it's a, it's a weird situation. Anyway, um, so we know we know the games are really popular. For sure. There's this mass popularity. Games are making money hand over fist. There's always there's always those stats going around of oh this this the the biggest movie that came out this year. Well, the video games did 20 times more. And it's like, yeah, they also cost 20 times more. But that's beside the point, I guess. Um, but they like they're a multi-billion dollar industry. And like other multi-billion dollar industries, you'd expect that there would be uh, some some journalism around it. And there is. Uh, and there was <laughs> maybe there was more before. Um, and it just feels weird to have a lot of consolidation happening. There's been a lot of layoffs. We, we've talked about layoffs at game developers, too, because they're they're certainly not immune to this. But it feels like the um, the the video game coverage industry, whether that's actual news and or reviews or critical stuff or what have you. Um, that there is certainly a, a contracting that is going on for and sure. It means a, a lot of really talented people are losing their jobs, which which sucks. Um, so let's start with a brief history lesson and then I can get into these questions for you. So there was a time uh, game coverage kind of started out more as these zines that you'd see, like it was real grassroots underground stuff, really small batch publication things, uh, all for love of the game. Like you think about uh, the story of Game Freak, uh, the makers of Pokemon, that they started out, uh, Satoshi Tajiri, I believe, started out by just making a, a magazine called Game Freak. And hmm. the the magazine became popular enough and they they were getting more things that they started building a game with the, the team that they had. Um, and then Pokemon came and everything changed. Uh, but that's that's what it was like for a lot of places, not not only in Japan, but in the US and in Europe, too. You had all these really small batch um, publications and then uh, then you got bigger publications. Then we, we moved into the 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 era of of like real grown up well grown up is maybe too mm. strong a word uh but your, much bigger magazines for sure like your yeah. egms yes your game informers your electronic game and monthlies nintendo power uh game pro tips and tricks edge pc gamer way All more than that um but very few of them are still around today. There's Game Informers around, but that's because they're kind of the shambling corpse of uh, of GameStop when they got purchased. Uh, IGN's around, or IGN's a video game. We saw. Sorry, that's a that's the next that's the next thing. Um, EGM came back back for a bit and then died again, yep. uh, which was sad. Um, PC Gamer still exists, but I. I doubt they have an actual printed. I don't yeah, think there is a printed one. Publication. Yeah, I don't. I think that might just be a, a website at this point. Um, I believe Famitsu is still going on in Japan. Um, did did Edge end? I know, like Edge went into this. Edge we're going to be around because I just read uh, something before we started that uh, Tears of the Kingdom is the first game to get a perfect score from Edge and Famitsu. 
I believe it. Damn. I believe it. Um, yeah, I know. I know Edge, at least as a website, is still one of the only ones. They were like a really boutique magazine thing where you went to Barnes and Noble and it's like, why does this magazine cost fifteen dollars? And it's because it's made with really good paper and it comes from Europe and they have unions or whatever over there. So I guess it's better. Um, um, so then kind of overlapping with that magazine era, we had the websites and you saw a lot of these magazines would make their own websites. Game Informer has a has a pretty bustling website. Uh, EGM had one up dot com that they had as their kind of um, website arm. Um, yeah, definitely. But uh, but mainly there were a lot of new online publications going on around this time as too. Uh, you had GameSpot, IGN, Kotaku, Joystick, Eurogamer. And again, there's there's billions more. Uh, well, maybe not billions, but there are way, way, way more. Uh, but yeah. those were just some of the, the bigger ones. And it felt like this was bringing over some of that similar magazine coverage. But now it is. Uh, a little bit more immediate. Uh, I remember you, you hear Jeff Gersman talk sometimes about the old days where, you know, at GameSpot, they they had um, not GameSpot. Sorry, some it was something else like they had a magazine portion and the the online portion and the magazine guys would always treat the the online people like dirt because they were just they, they were the artists. new kids and they didn't understand yep. what was going on. But but then at some point you realize, wait a minute, we we don't have to wait until the next month to put out an issue. We can just put the news out right now. And there's this immediacy to it. And, and people really flock to that. Plus online, you were able to put in videos and and audio, even if they were real small, real media lips uh that's that's something baby you could put in all the screenshot you screenshots you wanted of triple h's hair um in the new wrestling game and you could see how how that stuff was going on um and and so you'd get you'd have these magazines or you had the magazines and then you had the the websites and magazines kind of started to die off a little bit um and then then it gets a little bit more complicated because also you kind of had the the T the TV G4 era that was somewhere in this kind of early website days too. Play. Yeah, yeah. You had your X plays, your uh, show. The, hack the show. Sure. They didn't they uh, like do all the content that played on the GameStop TV while you're waiting to check out. Uh, yeah, I think they do. Are they do now or not now? I don't know that there was a time where a lot of G4 stuff was going on. I think they might have had specific GameSpot or GameStop coverage of things, too. I remember going into GameStops and seeing like GameStop branded videos that they would also show. And, and maybe there were some people from the G4 days who are now doing that. Um. But I know they've also done some G4 partnerships as well. Um, and and with the, the TV and G4 stuff, I feel like you had a, a pretty real shift from. From these kind of monolith companies of this is something that Kotaku did or this is something that EGM sure. wrote um, one up one up also was a part of this kind of thing as well over on the TV side. But you had this kind of rise of personalities where it's it's less the the outlet that mattered and more. Oh, Critics. that's yeah. that's something that I, I like listening to what Morgan Webb has to say. I, I care about what Nick Sutner at one up or Patrick Klepek from from one up has to say. Um, and and that 
that all really changes, I think, once you get to Giant Bomb, where that is that is. It's just bigger than <laughs> like that. That's really I feels like yeah. a catalyst. I know it is for us because we're all we were all big Giant Bomb fans. But I I think. Despite them being relatively small at the time and still are relatively small in the grand scheme of things, that there was a shift from from that kind of monolith thing to now it's more individuals. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think, you know, kind of funny is way bigger than totally. Giant Bomb ever was. But I I think if you ask Greg Miller, he would probably say I probably wouldn't be doing this if it weren't for Giant Bomb. I mean, sure. Yeah, yeah. He was he was at IGN. He was mm-hmm. at like the most monolithy of monoliths of of the website days. Um, and then you get inspired to break off and do your own thing. You get enough people like the, you see that personality shift. People are starting to pay attention more to bylines. You're starting to get into podcasts where where these companies feel like, well, podcast is a new thing. We got to be on those, too. Um, and, and one up also, you know, is is a big catalyst in that as well of all the podcasts and things that they did. And it really got a lot of those names out there. Shane, Shane Bettenhausen, John Davidson, um, just hearing hearing from these people on a on a weekly basis got you to the point of, oh, I, I know this person. You you kind of develop those those parasocial relationships, but you also get to a point of you care about the person more than you care about the the company. And sure. and that is where I think this big shift has gone. So even mm-hmm. though there are still game spots around and there are still IGNs around, I think a lot more people are starting to look at the bylines, good and bad. I, I know that I've seen certain comments of like, oh, it's another so-and-so's review. This is going to be garbage or th- this person doesn't know what they're talking about, which is something that you can get the backlash of having a more personality driven thing. But um, I-, I think for for us, that's something that that I think is better. You get better coverage because now you're you're caring about what a person has to say. You're starting to understand this person has their own specific likes and dislikes. And now I can use that lens to think, OK, this is what they had to say about a video game. And I can now use use that knowledge to know if this is really something for me other than just seeing, oh, GameSpot gave this game a nine point five, I guess quote unquote game spot thinks this game's a good game. And I think that was really helpful. Um, and, and now we've kind of moved into this second era of video game websites. You, you get your polygons, your rock, paper, shotguns, kind of funny waypoints. Um, we also are now in an age of streamers with with Twitch stuff. We're in an age of video essayists with YouTube. And then we also have Twitter. And I know we're all following uh, Wario 64 or some other some other people on Twitter who who put their new stuff out there that way as well. But it feels like. We have gotten so far away from what we were before in, in good ways and bad ways where did you pick up the latest issue of Game Informer comes to there? There's no there's no need for such a thing because everything Look is so this scattered. Yeah. yeah. So everything is so much more individualized and scattered. But at the same time, it's scattered. So there's no kind of way to consolidate and have a place to really go for all your news in one place. So that to me was was really interesting and, and why I kind of wanted to bring this up, because I want to ask you guys genuinely 
um what are the what are the places you go for for video game news i know i know you guys send tweets and and links and stuff in the group chat that we do that has news from from a number of different sources but i i guess i'm just curious maybe bobby we can start with you what yeah. are some of the places that you go to these days to get your video game news honestly in the last two years i have gotten most of my content from tiktok um i've got it tuned in pretty good and i can get i follow people that i find are interesting and the cool thing about it is is that most of it is just chopped up content from other sources that they put their main content on and so i'm getting a quick rundown it's like an rss feed for me but mm -hmm. uh twitter and tiktok have been two of like my main sources i um i don't really go to a, a set website on like i'm going here to get this like i'm not going directly to kotaku but i might see a tweet from them that links to a story that on their side panel when i'm going through the article I'm like oh okay this looks i might you know kind of click through a few things on their web page and i'm like all right uh, i'm gonna go back to twitter now and i don't I don't have that. Um, for a while, I did RSS feeds. I used Pocket back in the early like 2010 era where I would save articles and do read later stuff. Tumblr, I followed some Tumblrs back then. But honestly, I have moved away from everything but just like kind of TikTok and Twitter for that stuff. You're so when you, when you have uh, TikTok and Twitter, are you following accounts that are known for specific things like do you have like a so for me I, I follow some youtube channels that are specifically about destiny and i follow some youtube channels that are specifically about fire emblem and maybe they'll talk about some other turn-based strategy stuff too but they're like a fire emblem youtuber so you get any any news that comes out about a fire emblem yeah. i know that they're going to comment on it at some point so i don't really have to worry about putting a google alert out for fire emblem content because i know i'll i'll find it from, I mean, there's, from there's, these people specifically do you have like a, a zelda tiktoker that you I mean, right now, I'm, it's funny you say that because that's well, everybody's a Zelda yeah, these so, days. <laughs> um, I haven't I haven't found like a new one there. But what I, I wouldn't say I found a person who's like my fire emblem or my destiny guy. But I found somebody um, who their format and their approach, like every one of their videos follows this formatting um, that I like quite a bit. And I've seen them now. They they've done a lot. I found them during my stint with Sons of the Forest because they were doing really cool exploration stuff and talking about build and they've done it with other things. Uh, there's another streamer that I like him because he, he is focusing on showing modded versions of games. And I like that quite a bit. It's like, Hey, I'm going to play Red hopefully Dead Redemption. Not, hopefully not Nintendo stuff, not <laughs> Nintendo. They'll be like, Hey, I've got all these mods loaded into Red Dead Redemption. This is really, really dumb. And he does like the whole voiceover stuff with it. But, uh, no, like quite frankly, I just I, I have the for you page on TikTok that is constantly giving me people's like either Twitch gameplay or a podcast clip or a YouTube clip or. Uh, well, that's some... interesting because because with with TikTok, the big thing they're known for is the algorithm. So even if you're yeah. not consciously uh, saying, oh, I'm looking for X, Y, Z out of the content that I'm looking for uh tiktok's like hey this this guy likes a lot of fucking zelda videos maybe we'll just feed him more fucking zelda videos he seems to he seems to keep totally. eating them 
totally. So I, I think that's been He's a hungry boy, hungry boy for it. That's been it for me. I, I do. I guess I should say that like my true, I, I am a next lander guy and I, mm-hmm. I listen to them every week. I, I go to their Patreon. I try and tune into their streams when I can. If I had to say there's one voice I listen to the most, it would be the next lander crew. Nice. Johnny, how about yeah. you? Where where are you going for, for your uh, video game news these days? I I still check uh the games subreddit daily. Oh, you're one of those dirtbags. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I it's but it's it's just it's like news gets posted there. And but, so, but also crucially, you're going to our games, not our gaming, yes. correct? That is the I do not go to R slash gaming. Uh, I, I have gone to R gaming sometimes and gone, yeah. That's why I'm not never here. Uh, yep. This place sucks. <laughs> it's like, hey, guys, you, it's like you the remember same, yeah. it's yeah. the same jokes. It's the same. It's jokes or the s- formats. Uh, and, we're going to reuse it all. Yeah. And, and the game subreddit has as it's ballooned in popularity over the years has become like I, I really just go there because it's like an aggregate for all the stories that I'm probably interested in seeing mm-hmm. uh, that day. Um, I usually check Polygon once a day. Uh, I'll go to GameSpot like once a week. Um, but a lot of it is Twitter. Uh, I have lots of YouTube channels like you for very specific things that I follow. Like I have a Crusader Kings YouTuber that I follow. I have, uh, you know, the strategy game guy. But then I also have video essayists. I have, oh, you're gonna have to, a, you're gonna have to introduce me to your strategy game guy. It's actually it's it's a friend of mine. Uh, oh, never mind. I don't. I don't care about your real. He's friends. got. He's got a pretty decent following. Um, but uh, like Fadi Vidya is like, if like fuck reading about Elden Ring lore, I'm gonna wait to see what Vadi has to say on the subject because yeah. he's he's the authority on this. Um, I, I have a similar thing with Destiny. It's like I'll I'll listen to what Bife has to say about about the Destiny lore, so I mm-hmm. don't have to pay attention during these cutscenes. Exactly. I I certainly can't keep all of this. <laughs> you know how you guys track. ask yeah. me how I play games so much and so fast, and you uh-huh. just skip it all. I just skip all that bullshit and go and fucking but, do it. But you're also you're also over here going, oh, I can't believe they they did such great stuff with the Zelda lore in Tears of the Kingdom. I was like, that game doesn't have. It lore absolutely does. It I absolutely mean, does. You just go from one place to another. It's like, absolutely got the most lore callbacks that Zelda games had in a long time. Mm, I'd be sure, but that's that's the lowest I, of bars. I yeah. Um. <laughs> It's amazing you don't like Dark Souls because the lore is just as obtuse. Um, I, Dark Souls is obtuse. But there's so much more. There's so much more obtuseness in Dark Souls. Uh, not That's that there, true. Not that it's That's more true. obtuse. It's just that there is a higher quantity of obtuse shit. That's true. That's fair. To the um, very low quantity, but still extremely obtuse stuff in Zelda. Yeah. Uh, and then, like Bobby, I have the Next Lander guys. I, I I listen to their podcasts. I check out their streams when I can. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a hodgepodge. I'm I'm kind of mm-hmm. all over the place, and it, it's just also my mood. Like sometimes I just want to watch like an hour long video about a video game. Sure. Um, sometimes I don't. Uh, I think my favorite like reviewer right now is probably Skill Up on on YouTube, and he has a weekly like news roundup he does that I usually mm-hmm. watch every week. Yeah, I mean, my my problem with with news roundup things and and I guess it's my problem with with bigger productions in general is that 
for the most part, you're really only going to get that very surface level stuff, which is why I yeah. want to follow specific YouTubers and voices when it comes to the specific kinds of games I'm looking for, because that, the, you know, IGN is not going to cover. Well, they are now because Fire Emblem's fucking huge. But there was a time where Fire Emblem, we're not going to fucking talk about that. That's that's not a game we care about. Um, they probably that, give it a seven. Probably, honestly, yeah, probably. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that fucking video. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, you, you mentioned Polygon. I go to Polygon. Uh, I This isn't really a trick like it was before, but I went to Polygon.com slash news which uh, was uh, a feed that they don't maybe they have it now. I don't know. At one point, they took out the the tab in their in their top bar uh, mm-hmm. for news. But that was like the place where you could go to find the video game stories instead of all the instead of something about the next Marvel movie or whatever. Um, and that felt like a cheat code of, oh, yeah, I'm just getting the gaming stories. That's great. But now I guess the way they've tagged things like it all kind of goes into news. Uh, so it's yep. it's much less useful than it was before. And now yeah, you're getting maybe about 50 50 uh, on game coverage versus not game coverage bullshit. Yeah, there's a, a story about a new theme park opening up in Orlando called Orlando called Minion Land. Oh, my yeah. God. So. Uh, yeah, and that, that's that's oh. one of the real bummer things is that you feel it feels like all these sites cannot sustain just talking yeah. about games. They To get your clicks, you got to do the screen rant shit when you're talking about Marvel movies. You got to talk about um, any, anything that could tangentially kind of be about games. It's here. Here are these new Pokemon themed shoes. I was like, like, sure, whatever. But like, tell me about the fucking game, please. Um, and when you have a, a video game website that is 50 50 on video game stuff and not video game stuff, I, I feel like that's that's an issue. Um, and that's a real bummer. Um, uh, unlike you guys, I don't I don't feel like I have a podcast anymore. It, it was the giant bombcast for a very long time. Yep. Uh, and then when everybody left from that, I tried doing some other things. I was a big Waypoint fan when Austin Walker was on it. I'm I was still and still am uh, a Waypoint fan. I'll, I'll listen to those shows, but that that has a clock on it right now. So uh, it's not going to last uh, much longer. And to me, I just don't have a group of of people that I've been able to gel with that I want to hear on a weekly basis talk about video games, uh, and and maybe that's you not something. To our podcast, <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know what? We should just I should just listen to this podcast again and go, man, that Chase Kennedy's got some great ideas. <laughs> you would be listening to a lot if you did that for that filter. You would, yeah. You would, you enough. would realize that's a lot. Well, and and here's kind of a question. This is maybe getting to the end uh, sooner than I meant to. But uh, maybe that format of three guys sitting around talking about games relatively generally is outdated at this point. Um, you think? Well, what do you want to do with the show? Like, what are, are you? That's that's my question is what? How I mean, are you happy with you, the coverage that we do with with the casual hour right now? And what if, if not, what is what do you think we should be doing that we're not doing? I I mean, it's never been about trying to make this a thing. Totally. But 
I do. So like, I'm, I'm happy doing it the way that we want to do it. And if people want to tune in and enjoy what we, we make, that's great. Um, but like, it's, if that was my main focus, um, I feel like we would need to be on stream for five to eight hours a day, reacting to things as they happen. Cause like that's, and Bobby you know, can do that, but I don't think yeah. that the two of us want to be want to be in that. <laughs> no, uh, but you have like you know your Asmund Golds, uh, you know people like that. That like all they do is just sit at their computer, and if they're not streaming a game, then they're talking about things that are happening in the gaming industry, and they've built up these audiences for themselves. Um, and like that's that's who people look to to get yeah. their their thoughts and opinions about the happenings of the game industry. So, um, I, I, I also, think that's a good point. It's all like so much stuff is just sponsored. Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm covering this because the company is paying me to cover it. So you don't know if you're necessarily going to get like an honest, you know, totally. I mean, we, we talked, uh, this was really early in the casual hours life. And I remember Bobby saying, Hey, should we think about talking to some companies, sending out some emails, um, treating ourselves like a video game outlet and maybe getting some review codes for games and being able to talk about it on the show. And at that point, and I think I'd probably answer the same way now is I absolutely don't want to do that uh, because because that puts us in a position where this is one work, um, which I don't want it to feel like work. I want us to feel like we're having a good time here because Johnny's point. This is something that we do for pleasure. It is something that we do to have fun with our friends. And if this turned into a second job, uh, especially a second job that isn't paying us, um, then then it would feel really wasteful. Um, But also there's just there's like a responsibility that you get when you when you start accepting those codes that okay now you now you have to start signing now you have to start signing shit you have to start being official and i mean we're called the casual hour and I, I know i wasn't here to be part of the naming but i think the naming is appropriate and we've kept it going where there is there is something casual about these these hangouts we can we can do something more formal like a deep dive that we're doing now but yeah and yeah we 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 talk about games that are current because we are people who stay current with video games we're not doing it because we feel like we have i mean we do have that podcaster syndrome that we talk about where we feel like somewhat obligated but it's like you know if we spend the next three weeks just talking about what we're doing in zelda Mm -hmm. like that's not it wouldn't be the worst thing yeah. for us. Maybe, maybe the audience doesn't care by the third week. Sure. Um, oh, you mean right. basically episodes zero to ten of our show, where it was or about it was either Witcher Tokyo Mirage or Witcher Three. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I would say for me, I feel our show has evolved a lot post pandemic. Um, yeah, yeah, Bobby, you have poured your heart and soul into like upping the production value. But again, you have talked about on occasion, like this is just the thing that I like doing. Like it's, yeah. you know, um, so like if I if I knew like Bobby feels like this is a thing, an obligation that he has to do, like because we're, oh, I've, we're I've checked in with Bobby multiple times. Like, <laughs> hey, are you sure? Like you've yeah. done a lot of shit this week. Yeah, you, if, are, are you sure you want to be doing that? Maybe you could back off a little. And he's like, yeah, no, I just like doing it. And like, all right. Yeah. Fine. Like if we were if we were striving to to reach new heights or whatever 
Um, oh, we would, would have kicked you to the curb a long time yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, um, fucking out and of I would, I would feel way more guilty than I already do about how much uh, Bobby puts into to making this. Um, so it's just a very yeah. elaborate hoax that you two have fallen victim for. <laughs> it's just a, it's just a hoax. It's hey, here's what it comes down tw- to. This is flashback March, 2020. Hey guys. Uh, you know, since we can't like hang out in person, what if we just tried streaming like once a week and it's then good time. three years later, it's Bobby has a CRT filter <laughs> with our <laughs> weekly schedule. <laughs> and so it's a situation where I do feel like we have, I know how we are. I know what goes on in our lives because we're all friends outside of this. And I know where I'm at with my other friends that I've known longer than both of you. Uh, I don't, that doesn't, that doesn't compute. I don't. Yeah. I'll say this is that I, I put this effort in because I feel like I'm feeding something that, that produces a very beautiful friendship. And yes, we have this thing that we do together and yes, we can drive each other fucking crazy, but it's a chance for us to have time. Like whenever somebody asks me about my podcast, they're like, Hey, what do you talk about? I'm like, Oh, it's just a tool to keep hanging with my friends. That's what I've been saying now. It's just a thing I do to hang out with my friends. Oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, well, we talk about video games. But it's mostly about, it's essentially about video games, but it's mostly yeah. about hanging out. And <laughs> it's, it's one of those situations where when I think about us and I think about what this is, yeah, it's a, it's fucking dressing in a very big way of flashy lights, CRT filters, but it's really just, I put things, I don't know how to not do things to things I care about. I can't let things I care about be well enough. Like if so I, you never leave yeah. me alone. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like some of us uh, make enamel pins for all the podcasts we're a part of uh, and others uh, make uh, a ton of TikToks. but like, yes, we, we all, do we all we do, a bunch we of all do what we can for sure. I, you I know, Bobby, I think I just had, I'm sorry, Chase. Um, go for it. I just had what, uh, what people struggling with sobriety, sobriety call a moment of clarity. What's that? You, oh, finally, you do like, it makes so much sense that you love games like Satisfactory because you've taken that same idea and concept yeah. and you've turned it into he's gamified life. <laughs> yes. You figured it out. It's all there. I've not hit it. Yeah. It's uh, the same thing. But listening, I'm thinking back to you describing like, oh, well, okay, I have this set up and then that, you know, that makes this so much easier for me whenever, because like we were talking about like, how the fuck do you generate all this stuff? And you're like, well, it's really not that difficult. It was really just laying the foundation. And then, yeah, you know, from, it's from there, template. it's all templates, man. Yeah. It is. Like, you fucking sicko. You it's the same shit. I know. <laughs> I wish I, it's a good thing I don't go to Vegas because. Fuck, I, I'm anyway, easily distracted. Uh, Sorry, Chase, what were you going to say? Bobby would get both his knees broken because he'd be counting cards. Yeah. <laughs> like, they wouldn't allow that shit. Um, I mean, I know we kind of started. Uh, yes, yes, we're doing this as fun with our friends, but certainly I feel like we started and maybe even have evolved to become even more of um, like a mini giant bomb. That That's... That's our inspiration. Those are the, those are the yeah. people that we like. We yeah. do, uh, you know, we don't do a three hour long podcast. I'm I'm up for it. 
we Anytime know. you guys are ready, <laughs> no. we can do the three-hour Diggy podcast. knows. Um, we know. Five-star podcast, knows. five-star one times. I know that's a waypoint thing, but it's, uh, you know, whatever. Um, but now we're now we started doing these quick looks, uh, which we did just completely steal the name from Giant Bomb. But again, they're they're not using it. I mean, I know they're using it, but are they really using it? Who, yeah. Who, who's there? Who matters? I don't even know what's going uh, on over there anymore. Um, yeah, I, I feel I'm. I'm I'm happy for Jeff Grubb. I like yep. I like Jeff Grubb. I'm happy yep. that he's, like Jan. he's yeah. with with that team. But also, I feel bad that the team he's with is not the team that matters anymore. Um, so that's weird. A bummer. That's just a bummer, man. Um, anyway, I that's that's kind of that's kind of where I was going. Um, maybe just you know last last thing here shout out like a couple of couple of places that you really like that you think don't get represented enough um that you think other people should check out even if it's just us or the the small audience we've been able to gather who who are some people that that we can use our platform to say hey you should check these guys out there they're doing some cool stuff uh a few really quick one local so we're midwestern boys uh fantasy shop here in St. Louis is a really cool spot. You should check them out. They, it's a neat thing. They they do a lot of gaming focused things. They've got books, etc. Um, I'd like to also shout out uh, our friends over at the Short Game Podcast. I mm-hmm. think that they have an evergreen concept, and they were in a lot of ways. Um, we knew that we worked with the dudes that made that that podcast. They were answering a lot of questions early on for me about how to get going. And so I, I, I've always will think about the short, the short game when I think about us. And then, uh, I don't want to like steal this from you, Chase. So if you want to take it, but I think Zach Fleeman's one of the most interesting dudes making content out there. Like, I think it's not making enough content. That's the problem. But when he does, it's cool. It's cool. Shit. It's so fucking cool. Great ideas. He does. He is. And I've, we've had him on the show before and I've just always just, enjoyed his presence so much and i enjoy watching him do what he does i want i don't want to ever do what he does with some of the the speed runs and fucking weird mario shit but i i really like what he does and like even the way that he engineers his streams that guy is very very good at what he does yeah, I I know he's stopped he doesn't do much in the way of um of like uh, recorded content anymore. He he is streaming Mario Kaizo stuff, which is great. I, I love watching that stuff too. But um, I I really liked a lot of his little projects that he would do. Um, was he did one called Save the Co- Save Your Coins. Is that what it was? S- save Your Coins. Yes. Thank you for saying that because I almost called it Spare Coins. Yeah. Um, save Your Coins was was that. Whereas it was just playing these either free or extremely cheap games games on Steam and and just kind of seeing what they're about. And I, I got to be on an episode of that one time and you just ran into some of these games like, damn, this this is actually pretty good. And that's that's kind of cool. It's cool that people are making weird free games. And, and it's something that I I don't know if it was directly inspired by him, but it certainly uh, had to take some kind of uh, rubbing off where where I've been talking about these itch games these last handful mm-hmm. of weeks. And, and there is yep. something of like, hey, there's so many cool games out there. And most of them don't even cost you any money. You you can be feasting 
with zero money um, with video games. You will be just fine. You don't need to pay for shit. And you also don't need to play free to play garbage. You can just play cool little free games and have a great time because there's there's still so many out there. Um, but yeah, his his spare coins was something that I that I really enjoyed. And I'm sad he doesn't do it anymore. He should totally do it more. I agree. Johnny, how about you? What uh, what are some guys, guys and gals you'd like to shout out? Uh, it's mostly YouTubers. Um, J Rose. J Rose, yeah. yeah. J Rose Eleven on YouTube yeah. does the does those Pokemon um not speed like challenge runs. Yeah, that's been yeah. I I love watching that stuff. He he does good work. Um. Like he slowed down at one point when like took some a mental health break, which totally, totally all for. Um, and it got me trying to watch some other people do it. And when you watch other people, you realize they just don't they just don't do it like J Rose does, man. It's true. It's, it's like you're There's something like you're about him. Out. Like I, I watch another guy called that's uh, Scott's thoughts. And to his credit, he he does things way more in depth. He doesn't do just do one run. He does like five runs with the same monster um, and then he'll also do like oh we're, we're pitting Ponyta against Growlithe so he does ten because he has to do five with one and five with the other and he's doing all this average stuff and he's he's like got it down more to a science it's just not as fun to watch I I, I want I just want to watch J-Rose it's he yeah. he does it he does it better I don't know does it good um, and then lastly uh, my friend Party Elite on YouTube uh, does uh, strategy tactics type games. And he's uh, he's up to oh, yeah. 230,000 subscribers. Very nice. Very nice. That's my boy, uh, Abhishek. Nice. Um, I, I've got a couple that I'll that I'll throw out one. Um, I mean, they're not huge, but they're I mean, they're certainly way bigger than us. Uh, they've got a they've got a Patreon that makes some money. Um, abnormal mapping. I, I think those those two, uh, Ammon Jackson, do incredible work. Um, they've got a ton of different shows that they do. I, I've signed up for the to the highest tier of their their Patreon so I can hear all the stuff that they do. They don't really do news stuff so i'm still like that's not a place where i'm going to go and learn about the latest stuff but they do a game club every month um that is the that is the abnormal mapping podcast where they talk about just a different game each month that they both play and i think they're really insightful and and have some really good uh, thoughts and ideas about the the games that they're talking about um they're also the guys who do the gundam podcast um and i I really like listening to great gundam project um even if i'm having to watch gundam seed right now or Seed destiny right now and oh you thought i didn't like destiny i seed destiny is the worst destiny um and then another one i was gonna say j rose but since uh johnny took it i will mention another pokemon youtuber i think is doing some some really interesting um and like weird maybe weirder stuff uh and it's a youtuber called uh, i want to make sure i'm getting the right one here uh uh is that the right one yes i think that is i think that is the right one uh big yellow is the is the name big yellow all one word big or, no it's yellow word. big yellow um okay. they they talk uh specifically about Pokemon Gen 1 stuff like they're they're really into 
uh, like these the Gen One competitive meta stuff. Uh, so huh. they're talking about like how good Tauros is and how awesome Hyperbeam is in Gen One, and it's crap everywhere <laughs> else because it's always doing the recharge. But in in Gen One, and there's all this. There's talking about like all the different tiers uh, of the game that's still going on. The their most recent video that I love uh, because I was thinking about doing something with my with my YouTube channel um, with the with the the Pokemon Stadium game that just came to Nintendo oh, yeah, Switch yeah. online. Uh, I wanted to play that game just with rentals and stream it. I was going to do that uh, with like an emulated copy before uh, it came to Nintendo Switch online. But now that it's there, um, I, I still want to do that. But I think it's really interesting to to play with the rental Pokemon because they have specific movesets tied to them. So you're not going to get the most um, meta moveset on a meta Pokemon. Like they, I, I think Game Freak kind of specifically balanced it in a way where um, the, the really good Pokemon kind of have shit movesets. So you so you, you sometimes might want to take Kadabra or even Abra over Alakazam because they have just better moves uh, and all the Pokemon get leveled up to specific levels for the different cups anyway. Um, so they did a, a video recently that's called the Pokemon Stadium Rentals Meta Metagame and breaking down who you'd take in these different situations. And uh, it's just really fascinating stuff. Um, there's there's so many people out there who will tell you all the cut content from Pokemon Red and Blue. Look at all this crazy shit. But uh, this is this is like a different style of that where here's some things you didn't know. Like, yeah, you'd think playing with a fighting Pokemon in Red and Blue is garbage because they all have bad moves. But here's the ones that are the most viable. And sometimes you can kind of make a team with with some of these guys. I think that stuff's really interesting. So, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Big Yellow and uh, an abnormal mapping. I think those are people that you should definitely go check out. We'll put it on the docket. Chase, yeah. thanks so much for this. This was awesome. It's always nice to get introspective on what's happening out there with all the things, but uh, really appreciate you taking time to put together not one, but two deep dives this month. Yeah, I've, I hope we get, I hope we get more people talking about video games. Um, I Part of me wants to go back to a time where there was like a single site that kind of aggregated things and I could just, I could just have it there and go, yep, that's my video game news for the day. But there is also something nice about it being so much more spread out you're getting you're getting deeper on lots of different topics um rather than having a surface level thing about everything and for sure that, that can be good but it also makes it tough to have an, an outlet these days totally uh well if you are trying to fill a gap and you found us we are a podcast but we do as the guys called out a little bit more these days and you can see all that right here on this fancy end screen we had casual monday where we played tape to tape it's uh, fancy but it's a template right bobby it's just a template guys it's just template, just template. template. <laughs> um and we've got a quick look going up of that same game on thursday it is a uh action arcade hockey game uh mixed with a little run base goodness it's fun. I had a lot of fun playing that with Chase. In early access, still, it seems like it's going to be in early access throughout the year as they keep 
thinking about more stuff to put into it. But I would say it's early access in a similar way to Hades, yeah. where there's a game there that you can play and have a good time with. And they're just going to keep adding shit or tweaking shit. Um, and it's less that, hey, we've got two levels and give us some money while we work on this still busted game. It's it's not it is it is there. You can play yeah. this and have a really good time for sure. Uh, so we've got that. Uh, we talked a lot about Zelda tonight, Tears of the Kingdom. We've got a quick look up right now. You can see a little bit more of that in action. And then I'm going to stream that uh, by myself this Friday. Johnny is going to be out. And then next Friday, we're not going to have a stream. So I will hop on and build some shit, hopefully, uh, with you all on Friday night for some Tears of the Kingdom. Uh, if you want to follow along with those things, you can do so by going there. And if you want to follow along with Chase... And all his stuff you can go there and chase what is all your stuff uh i'll just do i'll shout out uh, pilot program one more time um we have a relatively new episode out episode 10 we uh good friend of the show pierce corshane and i do this podcast where we talk about the first episodes of every television show ever made um 10th episode we've done is on sailor moon which was our first mm. anime uh, podcast and it was it was a good time. I ended up liking that show even more than I thought I would, and looking forward to watching more of that. Um, our next episode is going to be on the Shield, and uh, that'll be interesting. That's a show I I think I only watched in FX trailers uh, commercials when I was watching other FX shows. Um, so I, I don't know much of anything other than he's a bad cop. Um, but yeah, that, that'll be cool. You can find that at shows.pilotprogram.com. No, that's not right. It's acast.com. No, it's a fuck. I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's out the there. Tree. It's the it's it's shows. tree. Shows.acast.com slash pilot program. That's the one. Nice. Cool. Yeah. Easy for me to say. Well, that is going to do it for us, y'all. It was a ton of fun. Chase, thanks again. Appreciate you. And we will be back on Friday night with Tears of the Kingdom. Take care.